Welcome to Talking in Stations. I am Madderall. Today we are going to talk about Spectre Fleet's Ganked 500, Strybog's Last Asbel, War in the South. We're going to look at some stats there and see what uh, the sides are shaping up to be. And then we'll look into that curious PCU drop that is Concurrent Players Online and why it seems to be tanking recently. All this on June 10th, uh, 2021, Talking in Stations. Okay, with me today is uh, Rich Richman. Good afternoon or morning. All right. Uh, also today as guests, uh, we have, uh, is it Varian? Yeah, Varian works. Varian, okay, cool. We have uh, Zero. Hello there. Zero must, yeah, but uh, I'll call him Zero for, because it's me and I'm going to trip over it. Uh, and <laughs> we also have, from Strybog, we have Sarah. How are you doing, Sarah Jackal? Hi, very nice to be here. Nice to meet you. Okay, let's get into this first part. Uh, we want to cover the Spectre Fleet because we're going to lose one of our guests uh, early on. Rich, uh, tell us uh, about the Spectre Fleet event and how it went. This would be Spectre Fleet 500, or uh, the 500th gank, ganked event. These ganked events are usually the larger fleets run by Spectre Fleet. Uh, once they were run once every month, now they're run once every week. And for those who do not know, Spectre Fleet is one of the largest and oldest uh, NPSI, not purple, shooter groups, where various people from all sorts of backgrounds, corps, alliances, uh, join in to, well, roam around, shoot things, and get into some fleets and have some fun. Yeah, I think that pretty much uh, describes it spot on. Now, this one is the 500th ganked one, so it was quite a celebration. I see that there's been two great big fights in low-sec systems close to Jita, and those systems would be Kamela and Tama. Well, Tama especially known for being close to Jita and having been a very violent system. And I see CCP even showed up in their own Titan to support the event. Yeah, we, uh, we, we knew what we were going to have... Uh... Well, it was actually kind of funny. Uh, very last minute before the event was going to go live, you know, we we already knew that we were going to be planning to uh, YOLO some of our own big toys. And I asked CCP, like, hey, would it be possible to have you guys spawn in on something? And uh, they had to get back to me on it. So I kind of forgot about it. And like a day or two before the event, I was like, hey, did you uh, did you check up on that thing? And out of the blue, they're like, oh, yeah, we have a Titan. <laughs> so uh, happen to have a Titan. Yeah, just just as you do. Just uh, yeah, we have a Titan. Go go make something of it. Please so uh, yeah, CSP Alpha came in and uh, supported us. We were uh, looking at that Titan uh, the other day, actually, and it had an interesting fit. It seemed like a very old fit on it. And Alpha used to be a player, so we were wondering if it was his Titan. Well, I don't know if it was his Titan. Um, I do know since they can't legally spawn any modules for themselves and i don't know obviously like if their character in game has a bunch of money or anything um so some of our uh, fellow command team uh, odyssey actually helped buy some of the purple mods that went on that titan oh okay so it was a bit of a, a group effort yeah then like this who else participated i i've got quite a big Battle report, but... Yeah, the battle report ended up a bit of a mess. So going off of the top of my head over the course of the entire night, uh, let me just make sure that I open up links so I'm not horribly confusing myself because there was a lot of names involved and I'm very bad at remembering names. Are we looking um, at Tama or... So Are we looking at yeah, Tama, Tama was the, uh, okay. the first part. Okay. So um, 
we had a few uh, sort of like arranged people that were going to show up just to, to, to make sure that we at least had some content going on. So Test, Brave, uh, Goons were already going to show up. Um, and obviously when big events like this start happening, you have board parties showing up. So we had PL, NC, uh, Shadow Cartel in it, uh, Nilsecnia, and Legion of Death showing up. And from the MPSI communities, um, since it was a pretty big uh, celebration for MPSI as a whole, we had um, pretty much every large group showing up as well from that side. So we had RVB, Funink, uh, uh, Bombers Bar, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So practically every involved name was uh, showing up that night. Uh, so what happened in Kamala then? Is that the second part of the event? Yeah, so Kamala was... Uh, we were originally going to be fighting dock workers there, but since we still had way more people in fleet than we were anticipating, you know, it wasn't really going to be realistic for dock workers to form up enough people at that time zone. So we uh, ended up creating a little bit of a fight where it was basically Spectre Fleet versus all of the other MPSI groups plus some of the other fleets that still showed up. And uh, we had a little bit of a prize giveaway planned there, which was uh, painstakingly putting 100 Punishers in a post to launch them all out. And uh, all of them have prizes inside of them. And at the same time, we decided to blow up a, a Nyx that I had gotten for the event. Excellent. Let's have a look at that again. If we have more, this looks like the Leviathan right. going down here. Uh, this is brought. Yeah, I think by... that looks. I think that might still be earlier in a fight because Snuff ended up uh, jumping in capitals at multiple stages. Did they come in all at once, or does, uh, how? When? On what scale do they bring in their fleet? Um, when we came in, it was originally a Sino going up, and their fleet of Damnation showed up, plus I believe it was two faxes and the initial wave of dreads was something like five to seven. Uh, I think they jumped in two dreads at first, but as soon as we took the fight, they jumped in another couple of them. Yeah. And uh, over the course of the next two hours, they ended up Sinoing again another two or three times. Well, we're seeing uh, uh, this is Titans take on uh, that Leviathan, so they must at the end they must have jumped in. Yeah, no, they they were uh, they were polite enough to give us some time to make sure that everybody had hoard on the Titan. <laughs> but uh, as soon as they uh, they know the game was over, they made sure to kill it. You know, they do that with pinatas. I can tell you because I'm Mexican. They always let the little kids hit first so they get a chance to hit something, <laughs> and then the big kids come in and wipe it out. Well, uh, I appreciate the uh, the the how do you call it being compared to the little kids in this fight, <laughs> but it is reference. fair. I mean, you saw how many Titans snuff were able to drop on it. That that Leviathan sadly did not last very long. No, I saw a bunch of Doomsdays going off just a second ago on that video. I yeah. think this is also snuffs out. Well, the low sec infamous nine hundred thousand EHP damnations that they were using. Yeah, as soon as I saw it was, uh, as soon as I saw it was damnations, I'm like, yeah, you know what? We're just gonna shoot the capitals. It's honestly easier than breaking those damnations. All right. So uh, once again, the battle reports. Uh, this is Tama. Which, uh, let me uh, get more in. Yeah, there. that's the Tama one. It's a uh, bit of a four-way fight, I trying see. to organize it as much as possible. There we go. That's uh, hard to read on screen, but you can just see the scale of it better. Um, and uh, Yeah, so to, to give it a little bit of summary, I suppose, basically right-hand side was all of the large alliance fleets from Goon's Test, etc. Yeah. Uh, the second tab from the right is basically Spectre Fleet plus every other random pilot in system. Uh, the CCP pilots, and then on the left is just purely snuff. I see that the uh, Nullsack alliances are all grouped in one area. Were they all 
friendly to each other in this battle, and, um, uh, or were they fighting amongst each other? There was some skirmishing between the groups, but over the course of the fight, uh, a lot of them ended up cooperating with us to try and break some of the, the capitals that were still on grid. So there was still some skirmishing. I can't exactly remember who was fighting who. I know some of the, the, the jackdaws were, were being uh, very much a third party. Um, I think they were harassing the practices from Test and Brave. Um, so there was still there was still some skirmishing going on between those parties, but sadly we we can only do four separate parties on a kill or on a battle report. So, and what type of doctrine were you using? I'm seeing a bunch of Og navies by CCP. What's the yeah, deal with that? So, Spectre Fleet in, went with Og navies as primary, just because considering the event and the the advertising CCP did as well, we wanted to make sure that we had something that was you know, easy for newer pilots to be able to substitute. So we had the T1 cruisers laying around, whereas, you know, a lot of the, the, the veteran MPSI pilots that wanted to spend some money and bling out their ship a little bit for the event, you know, they could upgrade to like T3s, etc., assault cruisers, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, the Navy AUG being the tankiest, you know, T1 cruiser practically, uh, just made for a, a very easy substitute. All right. And while still being able to do some good damage as well with the uh, the beam lasers. So uh, you're... Uh... Brian from Spectre Fleet, and uh, are there going to be more of these kinds of events in the future? Yeah, I mean, Ganked is still something we're doing weekly, and uh, we, uh, we're we already starting some plans to try and see if we can make this a bit of a yearly thing. Uh, next year, we'll, we'll probably try and see if we can do it around like Gank 550 to try and make a you know a nice round number. But, what uh, is Gank compared to the other uh, fleets that Spectre Fleet generally runs? Honestly, since it's always um, a bit flexible depending on who the FC is that's taken it. Uh, as it's been from the very first ganked, it's always been different FCs, and those FCs have different plans for what they might like to do. So, you know, they'll use the extra numbers from it being the big weekly fleet to try and maybe uh, be able to take on some bigger targets. But we do pretty much everything from, you know, roaming for, uh, for Nullsec to, you know, fighting for jumps from uh, Jita and Tama. So, yeah, it really just depends on, uh, on the FC. Yeah, you get a lot of new players in these fleets. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially if Gang Five Hundred. That was also, you know, kind of the reason we went with the cruisers because we had, we just had so many new people. That way, we uh, we were able to make sure that they had something easy to fly. Yeah, something. And uh, actually, the the you know the end result, of this fight ended up being so big that it actually kind of became easier. All the tie dye made it way more easy for me to you know get all those instructions across the new players. When you give them 10 times the time to figure out what they need to do, you know, it, it gets a lot easier. <laughs> I always appreciated that out of um, tie-dye. It allowed you to do, in other words, I could fly while I was at work because it was one command per every 60 minutes. So I could actually do some stuff <laughs> and then hit a command and go back. But for new players, that must be great too, because they, they're they not uh, under so much pressure. To yeah, especially. Yeah, yeah if, if I, the skill when you know, if you had to go through target after target after target, all those new players they would just get lost. That's just yeah, it's hard to keep up with all the the commands coming in if you don't know what you're doing. In the second fight, uh, how where well, was that different to the Tama one? Where there's a lot less capitals being used in the Kamala fight compared to the Tama. Yeah, one. and well, we we ended up having so many more people than we originally expected that the kind of like arranged plans that we had. Um, yeah, you know, when you try to arrange a fight, you know, against 40, 50 dudes and you still have 250 in your fleet, it gets a little bit complicated because obviously you don't, you know, you know, you don't want to make it a a completely uneven fight. So there, there was a little bit of limitation what we could do. But as luck has it, um, I managed to get myself smart bombed after I got my uh, Nyx blown up. 
which meant some of our uh, one of our FCs that was returning for the first time in several years had to take over the fleet. Uh, so having a rusty FC take over uh, in the middle of a fight like that, it, it may have helped make the, the start of that fight at least a little bit, you know, more fair. Not that I can blame the guy. I mean, it was the first time he'd been in a, in a Spectre fleet for like five years again. Uh, not not five years. I think a couple of years now. Two, three years. Yeah. Well, judging what numbers? Speed of changes. Well, what numbers did uh, Spectre fleet manage to get in total um, in this entire event? Get a confirmation from our second fleet, but we were around four hundred twenty to four hundred twenty-five. Oh, two. Is uh, the entire the fleet and of, Yeah, I think that's the first time in two or three years that we've managed to have you know needed a, a secondary fleet again. So, any purple or not purple accidents? I don't believe so, surprisingly. Honestly, like the, the scale of the fight and us deciding to just go all in on the capitals, it's very easy to avoid shooting purples when, you know, we're not in capitals. Now, and uh, honestly, uh, some of our fellow FCs, uh, I, I do have to, to thank them for that. They they basically took me in my completely overstressed and uh, overworked state of like, hey, just take this fleet and figure it out. And they managed to take 150-man fleet and uh, cooperate with the rest of the fleet without causing any issues. So that was, that was fantastic. Uh, who else was uh, commanding with you? Uh, well, we had Dizip, who was uh, who used to be uh, part of uh, Spectre Fleet's leadership way back. Uh, he'd been on a break for a couple of years. Um, we had a couple of familiar names of Spectre Fleet who aren't really FCs, but you know we knew they were experienced enough to at least help out with the organization. Uh, so we had people like Paradigm, Starlight. Um, we had a couple of our uh, regular FCs. Uh, specifically Omerda and Maze, who uh, helped to to do the entire secondary fleet with 150 people. So uh, their their help was super important. And we had Odyssey, who is uh, who runs Spectre Fleet with me, and uh, her organizing and and just helping arrange the whole affair. Yeah, that that saved uh, saved me from melting down from the logistical nightmare that it was. So no, honestly, we had we had a whole team helping arrange this event, which was great. Well, looks like you did a great job. There's a lot of people involved, some high points in it. Uh, we'll be looking for more stuff from you guys uh, there at Spectre Fleet. Ryan, I think that uh, you have to go leave us uh, earlier, early, but uh, want to appreciate... Wanna yeah, th- I have thank to, you for to showing get up. out of bed in four or five hours, so that's going to be great. Well, you don't but uh, no, thank you very much for inviting us on anyway. Yeah. Our pleasure. We will uh, we'll be looking out for what you do in the future. Okay, uh, next. Thank you, by the way, Rich. Next, we'll be moving on to... Um, let's see here. We have the... Wow, what a big fight happened yesterday with Strybog. This was... Um, what... We have Sarah here and uh, zero must. I keep wanting to say zero sum. Is there a variation? <laughs> you can just call me zero. Yeah, yeah. it's zero miss. Zero must. I don't know. I like this. I like this zero sum zero thing. Sum I think it. you should you should oh, go as the all or nothing man. Is what you should. Yeah. <laughs> so says the strong bong clade. That's right. Well, you guys, uh, let's let's first have a look at uh, Triglavian space here and just remind people um, what's involved there. If you want to like describe uh, for people who may not know uh, why why things have changed recently, 
<laughs> Welcome to our glorious space hell where everything is stacked against you. The NPCs are insane. They will blap you with insta-locking doomsday. You have to have uh, um, insane amounts of reputation to get into the last three systems. It's full of hostile roamers. It's full of angry triangles. God bless us. We love it. <laughs> oh, and by the way, don't even think about trying to move in there, because if you didn't already have a structure in place before October 12th of 2020, sorry, you're done. They can never be anchored again, which means when we have a timer fight like we did yesterday, it is all hands on deck. If we lose, we lose something that is literally irreplaceable. The phrase already replaced does not apply. Yeah, you're playing a little in in hard mode, I think. Yes, that's right. I don't want to hear any mouthy low-secker talking about how they live in the hardest space in the game anymore, because sorry, we built that for you. We took that title away from you. You're going to have to move into Pochman and try and hack it here to keep your crown. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yesterday, it's uh, there was a wrecking crew paying you a visit, uh, along with uh, the Edencom guys that got together. And uh, why don't you talk us through that battle? That was a pretty amazing. Uh, and it happened. First of all, we'll show you on the map here. Uh, this is where uh, where Ashoda is. It's um, as you can see, the majority of these little red dots here. Those represent systems that were kidnapped a while ago. I call it kidnapped, but they were taken by Triglavians. Liberated. 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 Yeah, good. By Triglavians and helpers of Triglavians that are players, and they were moved into a whole new region, and that's Poshfin. And you can see the majority of that is in the blue area here, which is actually Kaldari space. Um, I'm one of the, and that's where, uh, where, where Ashoda is, but you can see that there's only a couple places down here in um, Minmatar space, and uh, I guess Amar doesn't have that many either, or at There's least they're off the, they're off the map. Couple. Yeah. But really, I mean, the point of this map here is to show you just how much of Poshvin is actually in uh, Kaldari space, which is very interesting. It was a little quirk of the invasions. Um, because this is a great game with no bugs at all, uh, <laughs> the uh, Kaldari rats that were in the invasions were uh, a lot easier to kill if you were on the Triglavian side, and significantly, they put up a lot less resistance against other NPCs. So as a result, there were quite a few more, um, quite a few more systems that just in Caldera space that just ended up being conquered by Pochman just because there was a, a significant advantage uh, just in terms of the PVE. Right, and that's why a lot of places uh, in Caldari space were actually taken out. Uh, okay, so the thing about it, as you explained, it's kind of a hard mode in that you can't put new structures up, so you really have to live with the structures that were in there to begin with when they belong to Empire Space, those systems. And uh, you had one last Asbel that was attacked. I think it was attacked more than once, wasn't it? Many times, yes. We've been playing Game of Timers for about the last month now. We're actually in a, a really interesting... Um, RP war with the Edencom side of the community, folks who, who flew exclusively for the Edencom side during the invasion. Uh, they're still around. Uh, quite a few of them are in the RP community. They're all messaging me in my DMs right now to remind me that Pachman was not, in fact, liberated, but stolen. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm going to be 
hearing a whole lot about that from them in, in some very angry DMs later. Uh, but uh, so we have this this little war that's been going on between our old rivals, Electus Matari and Phoenix Naval Systems and some and some other folks out there uh, who are, uh, yeah, who, who have come into Pachman and they have said, hey, uh, we're going to blow up your stuff. And to be fair, it's, well, it's because we went and blew up their stuff. Uh, we, we missed our friends that we used to fight against in the in the invasions. Yeah. It, was, it was really good content. It was dance, fun. Your dance partner. Um, the problem is, is that when you have when you have timers and when you have you know ninety percent of nullsec formed around a you know this giant castle on a cliff in a place called One DQ, there's not a lot of other <laughs> content to be had necessarily out there. So if you've got a timer in a place that's an interesting space that you can get to and that has real meaning, it becomes very attractive. And so enter Sedao, you know, God bless him. He's a little bored out there in Nullsec. He needs something fun to do in, in U.S. time zone. And uh, so he says, let's go do this. Uh, let's go do this Pochman thing. So what was sort of an, an RP fight between, you know, good old good old foes on the on the Triglavian side and the uh, on the Edencom side is now just, you know, a giant cluster. You know what of epic proportions. Right. So wrecking crew that Sado belongs to weighs in on this rivalry that you have with Edencom. And now uh, it looks like uh, there is uh, a lot of guys stacked up against you. Who do you have on your side that's helping you out? Oh, we yes, we have friends too. So uh, the 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 uh, infamous blue triangle. Hi, Zeromus, how are you doing? <laughs> the infamous blue triangle. Uh, the, you know, us Triglavians that flew together during the invasion. We're still friends. We all moved into Pochman. It's hard to to live in. We're we're still friends. So we're allies. And these we have the irreplaceable structures. We get together and we defend each other. So those are our first tier friends. Then there's people like me. I, I got to admit, I'm a dual citizen. I'm a, I'm a goon and I'm a, a director in Strybog Clade. Mal Davius is an old school goon from long, long ago. He gave up goons and the, and the, and the old Nullsec life. But we both still have a lot of friends there. So we have a lot of goon friends who came in and they have been tremendously helpful, helping us sort of like the old school way that goons used to do, you know, decades ago, take a brand new alliance that's full of a bunch of people who'd have no idea what the fuck they're doing and teach them how to, you know, play the game and, and be a thing. That's that's kind of what goons have been doing for Strybog for the last few months. And I'm personally grateful because no one needs to know what she's doing more than me. Strybog's main FC. <laughs> yeah. You have that uh, self-deprecating sense of humor that goons have, you know. Like, We're terrible <laughs> at this game, but... I Yes, but in my case, I'm, I'm actually legitimately terrible at the game. Yeah. I'm just trying really hard not to be every day. Well, I take issue with that because I saw your defense and it was ferocious. So tell us about what happened in this battle uh, for the life of that Asbel. Okay, let me tell you, Pochman is a crazy place. Where are you going to have a fight that is a, a, a knockdown, drag out battleship brawl and fraternity and goon swarm are not shooting at each other they're both on the same team. That's number one. Yeah, that so the, third, the third party, the third parties are crazy. Uh, the third parties are absolutely crazy. But yeah, Strybog has a has a good friendship with Fraternity too. We punched them in the nose, you know, early this spring, right. and uh, and they said, "Oh no, you don't." And they came in and uh, came in hard, and we made peace with them, and that you know eventually turned into a really positive relationship. So we have this weird dynamic where we've got some friends and goons and some friends and frat, and they send 
you know, they sent some fleets. Uh, Mike Flood was there. One of the goons mainline FCs was there calling targets. He was, he was directly uh, helping, you know, helping FC our uh, response to that. And it was, it was ferocious fighting. Yeah. First ones on the grid. Were, uh, were, were our Edencom Voltron friends, uh, Electus Matari, Kimi Harar, uh, Nadir. Ah, oh, sorry, Mantel, I can't remember your whole corp name. <laughs> and, uh, and everybody else uh, on grid. They're the first ones to land. They start attacking the structure. And then here comes Sedao and his giant ball of murder. Yeah, the Tengus, right? Tengus, yes. Oh my God, the Tengu. Uh, so. We're we're tethered up on the on the structure. We're just waiting for the fight to start. Uh, massive fleet full of enemies come in. Uh, Bombers Bar was there, of course, and they're not purple shoot it. So they're you know they they got a, a great bombing run on the Tangu fleet mm. as soon as it landed and uh, mulched at least at least one or two people. Um, they they recovered pretty quickly though, and then the fight was just a just a bare knuckle brawl. They had to warp out because of those bombers, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep, they did. They had to warp out, come back in, reposition, so get they, some reps up. They got socked in the nose, turned around, jumped out to go come back in and reposition themselves after that bombing run. That's right. That's right. And then after that it was just it was just fighting, calling targets. Yeah. You know, oh my god, those tangos in the jam. My poor Lodgy, my poor Lodgy. There's chains broken, chains broken, chains broken. Oh god. <laughs> brutal well zero were you in the thick of it what was going on with you i was i represent uh interstellar trigavian collective and we sent about 15 pilots and we were right on the front lines and we shed blood for that structure as well um the trigavians do stick together even in the worst of times yes and in fact that's that's really meaningful because those 15 people that zero must have that's that's like his entire corp and alliance. He's he's a small gang guy, and he, he keeps it lean. So when you say he was all in, like yeah. goddamn, he was all in. He was all in, bleeding red. Absolutely. Well, it was the craziest thing from yeah. my perspective, yeah. if I may share. The sure. one thing that I thought was the craziest was we were fighting and we were dying and we were reshipping and we got potted out and we found our way back and it was the one of the craziest things I'd ever been a part of. We didn't know who was friends and who was enemies. It was the politics were in t- insane. But the weirdest thing was when the structure actually blew up. We were all so busy fighting. Nobody seemed to acknowledge it. I watched the explosion and my heart sank. Nobody said a word. And I said, <laughs> am I crazy? I'm waiting for FC to acknowledge that something just happened. But no, it's just more targets. Kill to the death. We're here for so I mean it was really quite an intense thing to be there for. It was, and that that is the heart that was the heartbreak moment. That that's the part that that um that I think uh well Setal posted on on Reddit, he kinda did it he did a really good kind of AAR, you know, from his perspective. After but at report. one point yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, the AAR right. after um and he uh at one point that they you know, we, we managed to push we managed to push the RC fleet off. We managed to push him off. And so he was yes. gone. It was all GFs and local. That's very important to the Triglavian community. We we do not we do not do toxicity in local. It's all GFs only. You respectful to your enemies. You respectful to your allies. That's it. Um, if I may, oh yeah. Sometimes we sometimes we uwu in local. That's, oh, that's very Triglavian. That's true. that's true. And sometimes there are sea shanties. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So so they left. And at this point, there's three minutes left on the timer or so. It's fully repairing. Um, unbeknownst to us, uh, Debus Spar and Arcia Elkin and their and their band of Edencom Voltron 
have have left the grid. They've also been pushed off, but they have gone back to their staging in Ikoria, also in Pachman, reshipped into typhoons, and they are bound and determined to kill this structure. Even though Dread Bomb is gone, we're all thinking the coast is clear, structure's repairing. I'm finally starting to feel like I'm not going to have a cardiovascular event in the next, you know, 10, <laughs> 10 minutes or something. And uh, and then they come back on grid and we're like, oh, shit. Um, we have people who have reshipped multiple times by this point. In mm-hmm. fact, we've reshipped so many times we've actually run out of Baltic Doctrine ships and Triangles are actually flying Triangle ships. We're in Lashax and Dr- Drekovacs. I mean, we're we're going full RP triangles trying to defend this last this last structure. Um, we are we are we are spent. They land on grid. There's there's like 19 percent left on the structure. It took us a little too long to get down and in position to start to start start hitting them back. But with like two minutes maybe left on the timer, two minutes on a 30 minute timer left yeah. on the timer. Yeah. We don't get down there until there's about 10, 10% left um, to get down and contest oh. them just because we've been regrouping. And it literally came down to the last 1% of the last 1% on that structure as we're desperately trying to spool up our Drekovax and Lashaks and mulch those battleships to stop the DPS. It it was nuts. It was nuts. That's uh. This again is, uh, I said it yesterday, I'll say it again, a fantastic fight. This is really one for the... This is one for the ages because it's such a permanent situation, a permanent loss, and such a great fight. You guys defended ferociously. You drove off wrecking crew, no small task. And um, I know fraternity was there, but they were hobbled. They only had a few um, ferroxes, yeah. which aren't that powerful to begin with. So it was mostly you guys uh, and your crew of uh, uh, bandits uh, there, Zero. So you guys did amazing. And then right before it, it's saved again, because you've done this before, Eden Cotton comes crashing through with suicide battleships, starts blasting Hello. away. You attack them, uh, and there's just a race for that clock, right? There, wa- there was, and I, I get razzed just terribly by, um, by one of the folks in Eden Com who says, you, can, you know what? I took a picture of this battle. I took a screenshot of the exact moment that your heart broke. And God damn it, he really, he actually has that screenshot. God damn it. <laughs> it's really true. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was so emotional. I mean, there's like, there's such a huge emotional component to this. We're here fighting every day in the most difficult space where everything is stacked against you. You had to fight to get these systems in here in the first place. You have to fight alongside to keep them all. It's timer after timer after timer because it's good goddamn content. And then it all comes down to, uh, you know, one a, a razor thin edge and yeah. uh, and it goes wrong. So, um, oh, my God, it, yeah. it was crazy. I hope everybody had fun. Um, Rote Capel, who also lives in in uh, Pochman, was also there. They were also they were also helping us as, as much as they could because we have, you know, all of us. We just have really good fights with them. They are great PVPers. They are great, you know, medium gang um, uh, players and and God bless them. They're trying to teach me and my newbie FC ways how to be better, and I really appreciate it. So thank you for being there too. Yeah, they're good and long time. Uh, they've been around a long time and been good for a very long time. So. Oh, and I see somebody in chat asked how many structures there are left in Pachu, and the answer is none. Nope, none. none. They're all gone. None. We They're lost all, gone. all our structures in a tragic boating accident. Yep. Yep. All gone. <laughs> 
Is that so? <laughs> Not a single structure is left. No, it wasn't Nothing just the last no. Asbel. It was the last player-owned structure. <laughs> Nothing in Pockvin anymore. No reason to look there. Oh, okay. My leg is being well then. <laughs> okay. It was though. It was the very last Asbel. There are no more Asbels. There are no more Asbels. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up. All right. So they jump in and. From, from their side, I heard, uh, as Arcia was saying, that they were explosively happy. We interviewed her minutes after it happened. I think she needed to go back and get back into that celebration. They were probably, like, you know, using champagne to um, create fountains of uh, joy. Uh, but on the other side of it was your guys who had fought really hard. Like, what's that What's that feel, the agony of defeat? Uh, you know what? It was, it was funny. It was... Um... I don't know about zero, but for me, it was about uh, it was about uh, like thirty percent of just just emotional devastation. Just ah, uh, I can't believe we lost this. But you know what? It was seventy percent of just absolute like holy shit. There there are only like three hundred and fifty people in all of Eve Online who had this particular historic experience, and I'm and I'm one of them. And I'm sitting here. I'm you know, and they're all anchoring on me. That's a pretty sublime experience, yeah. to be perfectly honest. I really can't compare. I, I can't complain about that at all. Yeah. Um, they 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 sort of jokingly refer to me as space mom in the trigling community. And so what I said to them all after the fight was over, I said, listen, whether we whether you know, it doesn't matter whether win or lose tonight. Um, yeah, okay, it sucks that we lost, but you just had an experience that that only 350 people in the whole game had even had a ticket to. And you got to be, and you were not just, you know, there watching, third partying. You were, you were actually on grid. You were in, you were in this thing. Yeah. That's, a, that, that's something you go to Iceland and drink to for the next 20 years. Yeah. But you really can't, I can't be sad about that. Right. They were on the field. This is a memory they get to take away. And kind of, that's really all we get at the end of it all, isn't it? Like we get these memories right. that we get to keep. Consider, we who came to Pakven knew what we were getting into. We who exist in this space where everything is temporary, we knew there was a timer on every structure here. But that's not what came out of this content. That's not what came out of the Triglavian Revolution. It wasn't structures. It was a community. And that can't be broken by a fight. If anything, it's strengthened. These these challenges make us stronger. They make us overcome new things. And they ain't going to chase us out of our home. Awesome. You might get some Absolutely. new recruits with that uh, speech and that attitude. Absolutely. It's quite amazing because... Uh, to my knowledge, Rokapel and a lot of groups went to Parkfen because they wanted to be the the rival. They wanted to offset the uh, Strybog Clade's uh, dominance. They wanted to establish themselves there. But here, there's an even more foreign invader entering Parkfen yeah, without standings to, uh, in, as well. Yeah. And they're all and you've all reunited together. I have to say, minus the Asbel, the fight was quite even for you to be able to stand toe-to-toe against uh, an oh, FC was, like Seto. Uh, he, he's terrifying. Right? Like it, was... It, it was. It is an absolute brawl. Um, he, he, is he is absolutely terrifying, and I'm not even in, in, I'm not even in the, the, um, the same state as the same league that he is in. So, uh, yeah, it, it was amazing watching him work. Uh, all of the FCs who, there were fantastic. Um, I could not have, you know, we, we could not have lasted as long as we did without Mike Flood's, you know, major um, involvement, knowing exactly what to do. He's so comfortable with that, with that doctrine, flying Baltic, doing that structure defense, as you might expect. We've gotten a lot of practice with that. Um, so all, all around, it was just, it was, it was great teamwork. And, and I think everybody had just an incredibly good time. 
Yeah. Uh, we know, Mike. Did, well, do, did you, do you like working with Flood? I do. I do. Uh, you know, um, I started out playing the game back in 2017. Um, as a as a newly minted, everybody said, "Well, if you want it for brand new, you should go to Karma Fleet." So I was like, well, "Okay, I'll go to Karma Fleet." <laughs> so I end up I end up in Karma Fleet, and Mike Flood is 14 years old. Yeah. Okay, I'm 41. This kid is He's is you 14 years old. <laughs> He's telling me what to do. He's a new you know skirmish commander slash FC. Um, I go away for a couple of years. I come you know I came back over the summer for the big war happening, and now he has grown into this just exceptionally competent and confident young man who is excited about Eve, who can, who can rally troops and get them um, all excited to, you know, go out on, on yet another defense or save another, save another IHUB or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. He has grown tremendously in, in yeah. you know, the past three years and is just a, uh, just a, a, a wonderful human being. Well, he came in and, and into talking in stations and hung around the voice chat for a while. So I got to know him there. He, yeah. was very, he seemed very green. Very, very green. And now you talk to him, he seems very seasoned, like a completely different person. Totally grew up in the game. Uh, he, abs- he absolutely has. And, uh, and I, w- I would be remiss if I didn't also give a huge shout out to my bodhisattva for all things Eve and especially FC related, um, which is Alterari Phoenix, uh, who if I ever do anything correctly, it's because he, he told me not to do all of the wrong things that I was doing. <laughs> So well, with Mike Flood being there and the members of Goon Swarm there, how do they feel about participating in this uh, as compared to what's going on in the war? It must be a breath of fresh air to, with how the fighting is. I don't see any capitals here, which is, wasn't well, to me, it's fantastic. Either. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, no no tie-dye at all. Um, uh, CCP reached out to our CEO, uh, Maldavius, and said, hey, we heard you got a timer structure today. Just letting you know we're watching. Um, it, it was so smooth that it was very clear that CCP reinforced the node knowing that there, were, there was just going to be a ton, uh, just a ton of, of people on grid just duking it out. But honestly, I mean, where else can you go to have these kind of crazy battleship brawls? Like, this is not the hack meta. This is like the dream. This is the dream battleship meta where we all actually get to fly really, really cool things and just beat each other yeah, to like death a over it. Battleship brawl. Uh, yeah. It seemed like. Yeah, it, it was. It was straight battleship brawl. And oh, by the way, there's no Sinos in Pochvin. So you can't have caps dropped on you. Wirashota was a, a 0.5 high sec system before it got dragged into space hell, which means there are no capitals, <laughs> even legacy capitals here. So, uh, yeah. So if you want a sub cap paradise, Poshman is where you go. Poshman's where you go. Space hell. You're going to get a lot of recruits just from that. that that's space a great hell. mission. Let me tell you, in the words of John Milton, <laughs> Better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. <laughs> I've seen quite a lot of small-scale PvPers uh, start moving towards Parkman for while fighting. I believe Amelia Dustspace, one of yes. the... He's been running uh, several fleets, and for, uh, last week he, I think, ran one or two where he united... Well, not really united, but gathered many of the top pilots in the small gang community, divide them into groups of around five and sent them all into Pockfin to fight anyone there and fight each other if they encounter each other. Yep, that, that's right. Um, yeah, he's been there. Uh, Extra Squishy has been in there in, in small gang fleets, just run, running around murdering people. Um, Tim Nearing from Mouth Trumpet Cavalry moved in 
to Senda right next door to Wirashoda and and just likes to just go and just fuck with people because it's fun. You know, small gang, we're talking like five man gang or less. Um, just having just having a tremendous amount of time just hunting people down. And then but for me, like honestly, the the biggest honor I think in terms of anybody that that I've fought, you know, in a fleet to fleet engagement um has been Lucy Liu who shows up frequently mm. to destroy my PVE fleets and it's really, really <laughs> fun and and also terrifying at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> because he, he just does things with ships that you don't know those ships are even capable of doing yeah, he's magician, until he's doing he? them to you. Yeah. Oh, an absolute magician. Absolute magician. Right. He's uh, running for CSM as well as Arcia, who's uh, they're both in that theater. They're fighting. He did. And he Mal- is. I voted Mal-Gabian. for both of them, actually. I voted and, for Arcia. Uh, and Zero. And That's zero. right. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't uh, call that first. Hey, can I introduce you uh, to someone named Astarothy? Because you kind of remind me of Astarothy 2.0. Like, <laughs> the, the refined, I love Astarothy. I've the final evolution, right? Is that what happens to Pokemon? They evolve into. I don't know what they I'm do. actually a I'm a secret Astarathi alt. Don't don't tell anyone. Why <laughs> uh-huh. all the hair, right? Like underneath there. <laughs> but uh, so great! Congratulations for. Uh, oh, Rich is also a CSM member. We are CSM rich on this channel. <laughs> um, all these guys. And, and if I may say, yeah. this fight was like a. There was so many CSM candidates on the field. I was just looking at the roster of names. I was like, "What's all the big names in Eva here today? What a fight!" That's yeah. true. I got to tell you, there's okay. So from my experience, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been looking. I've been writing before I ever did any broadcasting. So I've been looking at Eve Online a long time. I've been looking at Nullsec and different layers of it. And there are some significant fights that don't really get talked about that much. And one of them was when uh, Guardians of the Galaxies invaded drone space. There's a massive fight that happened there. It was amazing victory. That was just a, 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 a battle of attrition. So much reshipping finally won the day for uh, drones. And uh, there's also UALX, which to me is one of the most interesting battles ever happened, at least since BTEC-R, which was just big, really. Uh, but, but UALX had a lot of components to it. It switched the whole power dynamic between Pandemic Legion and Test. And um, I think, I'm trying to think recently that in this war, there's been some really interesting fights as well. But this fight here belongs in that group. Like one of the top five, 10 fights uh, in EVE Online history for the last decade. So congratulations for for participating in that. So people will know about this. You know, honestly, I agree. If I I can say I was in MTAC2. I was in there, you know, New Year's Day. The entire time from start to finish, um, the, mo- the you know the biggest, most historic fight, capital fight in in Eve history. This this one was so much more fun. Yesterday was so much more fun and so much more meaningful um, because uh, you know well, this think one about had the that. emotion. Think it had about the punch. Well, think about the. Uh, let's explore that for a second. Think about that. You you have an Asbel that's dying. What's that really worth? The, the value of it was the situation and the permanence of it and how important it was and how it couldn't be replaced. Therefore, it becomes kind of priceless. And so you start to wonder this fight with so much at stake because of the drama, because of the worth of what you're protecting versus M2, which is 10 times bigger than anything and we've, we've seen and how that just doesn't have the same drama as this. So it tells right. me it's about, it's about worth. 
which is why you need things to be expensive and hard to replace because they become much more emotional than something that you can just constantly build and build and build and build and build. And so that's, I think, because why we need this whole uh, era of scarcity. Because it's, well, one can just look and just say, it's an ASBO, it's only 20 billion, it's, it's pennies. But in the minds and hearts of people who live in Pockfin and understand its value, it means everything to them. Right. Right. There is another, there's no other one that can be dropped there. It's, you know, when it's gone, it's gone forever. Do you um, want that changed or do you want it to stay like that? Boy, that is the, the really hard question because on the one hand, I, I actually love how high stakes everything is. Okay, my husband thinks I'm a nutcase. He thinks I'm actually insane. <laughs> um, he's like, you can't be this emotional about a video game, babe. But I, sorry, I just am. And it's because of that. It's because these things matter. But by the same, but by the same token, there's going to be a point, and I don't want to see that point. There's, but there's going to be a point when every last structure is glassed. And then there's nothing left to fight over, and that would suck. So I don't know how you find a, a happy medium between those two things. You know, maybe maybe making it possible, but also making it exceptionally difficult, or or what. But I I want I, I would love to have the best of both worlds of having the ability to keep continuing that amazing content drivers in the game, but at the same time keep that worth that the, the rarity and the irreplaceability creates. Cool. Thank God I'm not on, I am not on the CSM. Don't you put that evil on me and I don't have to wrestle with that too much, but oh. whoever has the idea to fix that, God bless. I want to know. Put it on zero here. If he gets on there. <laughs> there you go. I tell right. you, zero. it's, it's bittersweet because when they lifted the standings on the gates at once, it brought us all this new conflict and all these new things to shoot at. And, and it's been wonderful for our competence and our fleet coherence. We've grown as a result. But at the same time, it feels like an anticlimactic end to a year's worth of RP conflict where we had a specific enemy that we were clashing with. And if we were to die, let us die by their hands. Now we're just served up to this game of bat phones where whoever wants to call the biggest friend can kind of roll in and squish the little guys out. So ultimately, I, I, I'm not... The fighting's fun, but I, I I feel like we're missing something. Like those of us who fought for standing before it went down might, you know, the value of our work doesn't show anymore. Right. You've actually Well, for these outsiders, especially Seto, with all the content he's getting, I might have to uh, let his rival, his nemesis, know. I have to let Boutram, the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, listen, you guys made me instant fans of Triglavian Space. Uh, Sarah Jackal, you are wonderful to listen to. And uh, Zero Sum, I'm not going to say it because uh, it'll get stuck. <laughs> Zero Must, Zero Must running for CSM, uh, I guess, Triglavian representation, if that's safe to say. Really nice to meet you. Feel free to stick around. We're going to move uh, on to, and congratulations to you both for being part of EVE history because this will be remembered. Appreciate you, friend. Sure. So we're going to move... Before we, before we move on, yeah. after all, for those who are interested in experiencing Pockfin PvP and are in the small gang community, I believe Milia Dustspace will be running another fleet. He'll be adjusting the rules where people will be divided up. There will always be some a highly competent member to lead everybody. And the rules are going to be a bit changed, but it's all pretty much going to be around cruiser size. And he's going to be running another one of these at 1900 Eve time on June the 26th. Everybody will be running ships, a total of 100 million or less, 
so you should be able to afford it. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun for those who want to tr- see what it's like to f- travel around in and roam and PvP in Parkfin. Awesome. There should be a link in the Small Gang Discord. All right, throw it into chat if you can. Just give people who are watching here. Sure. We have 175 people watching. Um, we're going to move on now to stats. We want to check in on the war that's happening in Delm. So uh, this was posted on Reddit. Uh, somebody did some calculating, and uh, people have asked, like, what's the fighting like? Why aren't you reporting on the fighting? Uh, uh, and the reason is because I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> I know that it's back and forth and back and forth. People are forming up. People are not forming up. Uh, but uh, somebody tabulated the last, uh, basically, looks like a month, month and a half of battle, month of battles, which is basically since 1DQ started. And it's about a 52 to 48% uh, efficiency, which is about 50-50. I don't think um, anybody walks away with a, with a, a win. A lot of the um, interesting fights uh, have been, well, actually, just some whelps on Test's part where they lost a uh, battleship fleet and uh, I think Horde actually lost a few hacks. Uh, those are expensive and those hurt. Uh, but basically it's kind of all worked out to uh, 52 to 48% efficiency just to give you uh, an idea. And that has been back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So you can see here, it's very even in the, in the way they're trading. Uh, actually, Imperium gets in, like, on a roll a little bit here, I think. Um, but even those stats seem to be relatively uh, even. So you can check that out if you want on this um, Reddit thread here. That, that's where he posted it. And it's by Mi- Mr. Mibbles, I think. And I'll just put that in there for you guys if you want to check that out. Another interesting thing happened today. Uh, somebody mentioned that the uh, stats for um, our PCU were pretty low. And so we'll go ahead and uh, I'll pop this up here and let me shrink that so you could see. So we're at topping out at like 26 and a half thousand. That's kind of high tide. That's rather low by the tune of uh, five to 10,000, depending on what part of the year. Uh, and it was, seemed like a worrisome site. You can see it's gotten worse over the last few days. I think it's a little easier to see uh, with a grand, with a much grand, grander picture of what that actually means for uh, you know the population. That, this is players concurrently on. That's how many people are playing at the exact same time. What that peak number is. So um, you can see uh, this is like all time, starting from the beginning of the game. It was. Um, it was a long climb from 2004 to basically 2008, 2009. Uh, I think 2009 is where it really kind of solidified way up there in about the 50,000 mark. And it just went up and down based on, uh, you can see these spikes are all expansions. Basically when a new, new material comes out, people rush back to play the game and the population goes up. The one time it didn't go up, you can see right about here. Um, so you can't see my mouse, can you? Uh, right about the middle there. I got it right here. There you go. That is uh, Incarna. So you can see it didn't get the proper spike that it, that it should have. So people decided uh, they didn't want to uh, tune in for that. There's also the issue of Skyrim coming out, which had a lot to do with it as well. But you can see where we're at now is a pretty ugly slide down to 26, just under 30K thousand. Uh, sorry, 30K. And that's a little worrisome for some people. So we decided to look into it. And this is, uh, you know, people are saying like, oh, this is... I think you have Brisk Rubal saying this is why scarcity has to end. He was saying that on Reddit. You have 
other high profile figures saying it's this or it's that. Uh, some people say it's COVID. Some people say it's summer. It's, and it is a natural bump. As you can see, we highlight for you uh, June 1st of every year. And you can see there's always a dip and it's usually pretty significant. But there are some funny things that have happened over the last couple of years, which is why anybody who's been here three years doesn't understand the pattern. Anybody who's been here five to 15 years understands that pattern a little bit better. But you can see blackout further dipped and this year didn't dip at all. Uh, 2020 it didn't dip because of course the war started right about June, uh, actually July 5th. So uh, when that started, that seemed to stabilize, uh, you know, the players for the summer. COVID would have helped as well. There are more people. You can see this huge COVID bump, it looks like, uh, in the beginning of 2020. And then it kind of stays there. But when the war starts, that really helps kind of stabilize that number. So you don't, I think it was COVID really that kept people available to play the game. So you didn't see the drop there. So then what is it? Well, I was looking at um, other games and when they actually uh, launched some of their higher profile stuff. Remember I said Skyrim in 2011 coincided with Incarna, which was a dud for some people in CCP development. It kind of signaled that uh, walking in stations just wasn't going to be a reality. So people went and played Skyrim where they could walk around in, in an open world. And a lot of people... Uh, besides getting really mad at CCP and talking about needing to balance the game rather than building new features, uh, some people went and played an open world game that felt uh, like ambulation. But uh, here you can also see that WoW Classic opened at the exact same time that Blackout hit. Well, actually, it was about 45 days into Blackout. So about halfway. I think Blackout was 66 days total. And so WoW Classic there... Uh, as you can see, may have contributed to that dip. People decided to be nostalgic, to catch up to things that they never got to play. So what's happening now? Well, WoW has finally, uh, when they opened WoW Classic, that was WoW Vanilla. And now they've done uh, Burning Crusade. And that just opened a few days ago, June 1st. And so that might account also for some slide. And then also on June 1st, you have uh, Elder Scrolls Blackwood expansion comes out. And uh, so that's out now, too. So you have two um, pretty significant IPs having expansions to their games uh, at a time when uh, the, uh, the war is kind of, where, where COVID is lifting a little bit, at least in the United States. And it's summertime. You have a lot of factors hitting um, uh, the, uh, the players at the same time that may have them doing other things besides logging in all at the same time. Now, why was WoW Classic such a big deal or Burning Crusade? Uh, I went further and looked at it to see how popular was it compared to other ones. And this was a very popular expansion, as you can see uh, right here, the blue arrow, showing you that this, this expansion, Burning Crusade, took WoW from uh, basically 7.5 million players to right around 12 uh, million. So it was a success. And after that, you can just see I don't know if they achieved any more success uh, than the first Vanilla and Burning Crusade, so that was a big deal. Uh, and then if you think about it, uh, this new Blackwood is actually um, Oblivion. If you ever played Elder Scrolls Oblivion, this is the online version of that expansion. And uh, the Oblivion at the time was such a hit. It accounted for 13% of all Windows games. And it sold... Um, 
more than four times the percent of the next best-selling game. So it was a smash hit. So to have Oblivion, uh, and again, that's about the same time as this, 2006, 2007, to have that game come back to be um, modernized and put online for players, that's a big draw for, for the kind of players that like that open world. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's quite, quite interesting. Okay, one I think it's also. Okay. I think it's also because a lot of Eve players have long history in video games. Eve is a game with a lot of longevity, and a lot of players have played for quite a while. And the games that have been recently released, say World of Warcraft and the Burning Crusade classic expansion, it competes because people want a lot of the players who played Eve also played World of Warcraft. They want to go back and ex- experience it, especially with how Eve is now. It's people want to, well, probably prefer playing World of Warcraft uh, right now compared to Eve. A lot of my friends, especially, have also gone to play World of Warcraft or Valheim or some other game that's now competing for their time. Yeah, and that will wear off, and uh, it always does. And people will come back to Eve Online, the eternal game of complicated uh, player versus player activity. Also, Elite Dangerous released Odyssey. I didn't catch that, so that must be out uh, soon. So you, you have a lot of competition out there for people who want to play games. Uh, EVE Online is competing with them. And uh, I don't know, they used to say like, hey, you know, if you don't like EVE, go play WoW. And that was a commentary on, we're playing a very sophisticated, complicated game. You go play something easy. If that's what you want, go play WoW. And I think it's kind of funny that if people are leaving to go play WoW, that tells you something about the player base and what they expect in video games these days. So kind of interesting. All right. Uh, a little uh, hello to my friend uh, Kroll, who's out there. Good to see him back. Kroll Glaive. For anybody who, for anybody that is around as long as I have, Kroll Glaive comes from the movie Kroll. If you didn't see that, it's one of the sci-fi fantasy movies of the 80s. Okay, last thing here is the initial, uh, sorry, the patch notes came out for a little fix. It's a little handshake here. This denotes that it was made with player uh, help and player suggestions and player participation. So this is something that CCP fixed with player's help. And it is, uh, indicates a change in spite. <laughs> I thought that was it. I think that that bullet point there was just a description of what that was. I thought it was the actual bullet point. So I was excited to see that. But gameplay issues that got fixed. Uh, Fix an issue where the external links for both the EVE Academy and CSM voting page in the Academy were unavailable in wormholes. So now you can vote, I imagine. Well, I don't know if you can vote. Can you, is that CSM voting page? Yeah, via CSM voting page. Now available. It is working. Wormholes. I can confirm. Yay. Because, Madeline, if you were in a wormhole, it just said unavailable inside wormhole, and you thought, huh. Somebody wrote me Can't. and said they didn't want to vote because they couldn't vote in-game. And uh, I'm guessing there's no in-game GUI to vote. Is that what they're referring to? Well, it must kick you out to do your account logging in so it figures out who you are and then takes you to the external voting page. But I think that might have been a protest that the person doesn't like the process because it's not in the client. It uh, kicks you out to the web. Well, one vote lost. I think the uh, pool of... CSM votes is around 30,000, at least it was uh, last year. So we'll see what happens. As for there. voting, I believe we still have five days left. Two days has passed since it began. Yeah, voting is seven days. Uh, does it end on the 12th? Or would, would you know zero? I'm not sure. It sounds about right. I think we got like five days left, five or four. Yeah. 
Uh, they'll probably, I'm sure they'll go through the weekend before they, I think it's probably to Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, listen, it, vote right now after this show, just if you're in the client or if you're not, actually, you don't need to be in the client. You need to vote like now because you, if you put it off, time will come and uh, take away your opportunity to actually vote and vote your gameplay, your game style, your aspirations. Because if you don't know who these people are, if they don't uh, make any sense to you, uh, find out what they represent, and then you want to vote for that representation so that they can protect and also enhance uh, gameplay for you. At least the voice of the pe of the people uh, can do that for, with CCP. So it's worth doing it. And that is the news for June 10th. Uh, Rich, do you have anything else? No, not quite. Uh, actually, I do. Based on eve time voting will end in approximately just under four times 24 just over 96 hours so you have about four days left to vote yeah should take you through the weekend before it ends but get it done because trust me there's a lot of people that uh say oh i was going to vote and it's over so it goes fast they used to have a much bigger window for voting they used to take like something like a month and they said nobody votes in the middle of that month so we'll just take the end and the beginning and squash them together and make the voting an intense one week period so there you go i have to say speaking to another csm candidate the seven days worth of voting while it's good to have the seven days it is also especially torturous for the both of us not knowing whether or not <laughs> zero agrees we'll get in or what's what will happen it's it's seven days of having no idea what's going to happen next and seeing all of these ballots show up and uh, look to look at yourself and think are my friends going to help be able to help me pull me through is my support enough what's going to happen next oh my it's, goodness and did you get a message from that one fellow who was like oh, i'll sell you votes uh, I'll, I'll vote for you i don't care what you stand for if you'll just buy them from me. i sent him 69-esque and said to buy some integrity but I hear he's been messaging all the candidates. I did get an mail for three votes, and somebody says, pay what you want. I um, I went and continued roaming. <laughs> so I, I confirmed. He's not just messaging. It's everybody. Yeah. Good to know. It's all right. You gave him something to remember you by. Well, good luck in your campaign, friend. I know it's stressful, but it's been it's been great fun. So I wish you luck. <laughs> Thank you, Zeramus. I, I wish you luck as well. Nice. All right, uh, so that's all we have time for today in Talking in Stations. We'll see you tomorrow for the Friday edition. That's usually the casual one. With more from EVE Online, the daily news, uh, we will see you tomorrow on Talking in Stations.